we welcome to Sports Talk once again the pastor of pain, the man who delivers not only the message but the thump that goes with it. He is Corey Miller. Corey, good evening. Great to have you with us. How are you? Greetings, guys. Hope everybody's doing well. Look like y'all are crazy busy uh, from across the state of South Carolina. You got uh, the low country, the upstate, and now you're in the PD down Absolutely. on the ocean. But y'all, you're doing it, man. That's that's yeah. big stuff. And, and we got Pat at the Dave and Buster studio. In fact, I'm going to go to Dave and Buster's here in Myrtle Beach when I finish up here tonight, catch the second half of that Packers and Titans game tonight, see if the Packers can kind of keep it going. One thing I learned from watching the Packers last week, Pastor, you got a quarterback yeah. like Aaron Rodgers, but it's not yeah. going well in the passing game. The receivers are young. Now they grew up a little bit, but their game plan was to run the football, run the football, and go with Aaron Jones and go with their running backs because that's what they thought they could do well and then play action off of that and work Rodgers and the passing game into that. I bring that up to suggest – with any team, but with South Carolina's struggling situation on offense, that you have to make that commitment to the running game and stick with it and stick with it until you make it go. Now, can they right. do that? Do you think that's something they should try as they go into this game against Tennessee? Then again, they're not going to have Lloyd and they're not going to have Beal Smith, but maybe you turn J.J. McDowell loose and make him and put Christian Beal Smith in a position like – Chuck Reedy said last night, I don't know if this went over people's heads last night or not, but he made a very astute comment. You gotta put you gotta put Bell in a position where he has an advantage, a, a, a matchup advantage over people. You don't get that with him when he's back there at tailback. That's correct. And you know, and I was screaming that all against Florida. I mean, I'm yelling and screaming at my TV. Listen, I He's a tremendous athlete. And, yeah, if you want to run a little toss play here or there out of the backfield, fine. But he can't be a focal point at the running back position because the way you utilize those matchups is get him out in space. Yeah. Uh, utilize him out there, you know, off the ball. That I like to call it a U position, which is a tight end off the ball. You can put him in the slot. You can put him in the X. You can move him all around, create mismatches against safeties and linebackers and get him the ball that way. I didn't like how they utilized him last week. It was just not going to work. But I like the fact that you mentioned those two running backs. You know, let them run the ball the way they need to run the ball. Juju's a good runner. They got some guys that can get it done. So, um, not a good game plan last week against Florida. They got to be able to establish the running game because if they get to be one-dimensional, it's not going to work. They don't have the, uh, the offensive line pass protection that's good enough when they're in obvious passing situation. Therefore, Spencer Rattler going to get rattled and going to make mistakes. So you're right, the running game is, is imperative this week for sure against Tennessee. Now, Tennessee has a defense that's opportunistic, not great, so they should be able to have some type of some, some success against uh, this defense, and you need to because you want to keep this offense of Tennessee off the football field. So running game is going to be my biggest point for the Gamecocks this week. Do you think that they will be – they will be – got to be stubborn. I mean, do you think they'll be stubborn enough to stay with the running game even if they have a quick three and out? Because like they did against Florida, they tried to run the game on the opening series. They went three and out. They were already down 7 nothing. Then Florida scored again. They're down 14 nothing. Then they came out throwing the football, and that was a quick three and out. Uh, don't you just 
sometimes you just have to stick with the running game, but you can't run it right up the middle. I mean, you got to, you know, like Chuck was saying last night, there's nothing wrong with running toss sweep and toss sweep and toss sweep if that's what you do well. Find what you do well and do it repeatedly. Yeah, misdirection, counters, you know, counter trays, things like that. You want to switch it up. I mean, they're not good enough to just knock people back off the ball to try to run it up, up the middle. That's not going to work. So, yeah, I'm with uh, Chuck on that because you, you got to mix it up and get stylish, if you will, in the running game, you know. So, and I like counters. I like I like traps because now you, you get the defense a little bit on the heels. If they don't read it right, the linebackers don't scrape over the top. You know, those kick-out blocks, you get them up in that C-gap, and you're off and running. So it's going to be interesting to see if uh, Coach Satterfield will drop some plays in the running game that's a little different than what Tennessee is going to be accustomed to seeing on the film. Yeah, of course, Tennessee, I was just looking at their notes here. They're, they are second in the SEC against the run, giving up 97 yards per game. Only Georgia is better than them against the run. So, I mean, here you, again, do you, do you coach based on stats or, or coach based on your gut instinct? Or, you know, what, what can the Gamecocks well, possibly do offensively based on what we saw last weekend? Well, I think that those stats are inflated a little bit based on because people have thrown the ball against Tennessee's defense. I mean, they've mm-hmm. given up plays in the, in the back end and the secondary. That's why you see that, that 97 yards because people have a lot of success throwing the football. So I True. think that's, True. you know, how sometimes stats can look better than what it really is. So, uh, you know, listen, I think South Carolina's got to figure out uh, some things to do. I think trick plays, you got to do some different types of things against a team like Tennessee, you have zero to lose in this ball game. So I would expect them to do all sorts of things, trying to get some momentum, trying to get something going early, keeping that crowd in the game. You know, uh, you know, you play spoiler, play spoiler. I mean, have fun with it. Be, be exciting. So I think that's the way you got to approach this game with an offensive mindset because nobody's expecting you to do well. So who cares? Go out there and just let it loose, try some different things, and See if you can find something that works. Yeah, excellent point. Yeah, Tennessee's giving up about 300 yards per game through the air. That's hard to believe right. that they're doing that, you know, and still ranked among the best teams in the country. But, yeah, they are giving up 295.8. They do have nine interceptions. They've allowed 12 touchdown passes. So now you're, you're Marcus Satterfield and you, you look at that and you say, okay, we're just going to have to sit back and throw the ball against these guys. I mean, just come out slinging it. Well, you know, sometimes, Phil, you know, you throw the ball to open up the running game, too. Yeah. I mean, so if you can have some early success passing the football, yeah. But I would, I would be throwing the ball really a short, intermediate passing game, right? I wouldn't be trying to really just hit big plays all the time. And you miss those, and now you're third and long. Now you're very obvious. And now that defensive front, they can get to the quarterback. Now they do have some good athletes up front. So you don't want to do that. I think you utilize, again, Bell. In the slot, you can utilize Stogner, middle of the football field, you know, you know, posting up, playing a little basketball against those linebackers, you know, swing routes. So you can use swing routes with the backs out of the backfield, which basically is a running play, right? You just, you know, flare the back out, give it to them, let them get four or five yards, you know, so they can do some things in the passing game to, to really help the running game. So it's going to be interesting to see after what we saw last week wasn't really good at all. Will they bounce back and, and do some, some things differently? So, you know, I'm always uh, sitting there watching with Satterfield because you just don't know what's going to happen with, with what they're going to do. Sure. 
Pastor of Payne, Corey Miller, with us here tonight on Sports Talk. Looking forward to the uh, weekend of college football. And, Corey, as much criticism and deserved criticism that the offense got, Carolina's defense has not played all that well the last couple of weeks, especially against the run. What are you seeing out of them the past two weekends against both Vanderbilt, even though they won that ball game, and then, of course, this past weekend against Florida? And how in the world did they begin to stop what Tennessee will bring offensively to the table on Saturday? You know, I think they got to be really good on first down. And, and, and you know, I'm really shocked that the de- the defense hasn't played really stout against the run. But when I look at it, it's little things, guys. It's like, you know, setting the edge, right? I mean, th- this is something that, that you're taught to do from camp from day one, especially the edge guys. you gotta, you got to set the edge. you got to build a fence, basically. you got to allow a box. Those guys are run inside where all your help is. They're letting teams get on the outside, and that's the problem. You don't have no help out there. Um, so guys are out of position. You know, you got to be gap sound even. Even when they run inside, I see tackles and linebackers overrunning plays, getting sealed by blocks. That means they're not exercising gap integrity. So these are things that are not just physical things. It's not that they're getting dominated up front. They're out of position. So, you know, they got to play better uh, sound defense that way against the run. Uh, they got good enough players up front uh, to, to be able to be better. But I'm just really disappointed, I think, you know, the, the mental mistakes that they're making defensively as far as being out of position. Guys that, you know, you got a job to do. You're an edge guy. You know, we used to call it backer force or, you know, now edge force, if you will. You, that defensive end got to push that guy back. You got to change the line of scrimmage force the ball inside where all your help is. And just things like that are costing them big gashes in the run game. How do you simulate in practice what Tennessee does in terms of tempo? Do you run with two offenses and the one that's you know off the field, if you will, is right there for another snap as, as quickly as the first play ends? I mean, how would you begin to simulate as fast as they play? Because it's not something that USC sees on a daily basis. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you can. I mean, because... Man, they go fast. I mean, they are going fast, and so they know what they're doing. You know, in practice, it's hard to do because, you know, you got to show, you know, your scout team cards, right? They got the offensive plays that Tennessee runs on cards. So, you know, guys got to run a play and run back, look at a card, and, you know, coach said, hey, you go over here, and, hey, you do this, and you do that. So it's really, really difficult to simulate what Tennessee does offensively. They just got to be ready to play. They got to get calls in. They know that the substitution may be a problem. You know, you got to make sure you got the right personnel on the field. But listen, if, if I'm South Carolina and I'm looking at this offense, I'm going to watch that Georgia game extremely close. Here's what I know what Georgia did. You know, they put their hands on these receivers, right? You know, in all of football and college right now, people don't reroute anymore. They don't jam guys at the line of scrimmage anymore. This really angers me. This is my rant for tonight. You know, defensive guys, you got to put your hands on these receivers, especially in today's game where you're spreading you out and they're creating all this space. They, they want to just run down the field untouched. I don't care who you are. If you allow receivers, a Jalen Hyatt, who runs a 4-3-40 just to run down the field, you're not fast enough to cover those guys. You know, you got to jam them. Go watch Georgia. They try to stack. That second defender sat behind. They put a guy right on the line of scrimmage. They didn't play way off the ball. They jammed them. They made them dance at the line of scrimmage. And what that does, it bought time for the defensive front to get to the quarterback.
That's what you have to do. If you're going to sit back and play off and don't, don't jam these guys, it's going to be, it's going to be. I'm telling you right now, the, the scoreboard is going to blow up. I mean, it's going to blow up. So they, they better get their hands on these guys, keep, keep the guys in front of them. And the other thing Georgia did extremely well, when they let the guys catch it in front, they tackled. Right? They got them on the ground and made them go to whole field to try to score. That's how you have to play this defense. And in South Carolina, I'm telling you, if you let these guys run straight down the field, that the scoreboard is going to blow up because you're not going to stop them from scoring. Pastor of Payne, a couple more minutes. Let's shift gears to Clemson. Got back on track with that win over Louisville, or did they? Did they get back on track in your eyes? Well, they got to win, so you got to say yes to that, that question, Phil. I mean, I thought they came out very energetic. You can tell they had a little bit more moxie at home. They had a sense of urgency, especially offensively, how they played. Defensive front played a lot better, got pressure. Uh, so that was a, a good bounce-back win. I mean, Louisville, I guess they lost a quarterback in that ball game, and that made a huge difference. Cunningham the a big-time player. But, um, yeah, they did what they had to do. I'm, am I overly impressed? By them winning against Louisville, no, because I'm not impressed at all with the ACC. I just think this it's, this one of the worst years that I've seen with this conference. And I, I, you know, and if you look at Clemson, and they don't just blow people out, they don't make it look easy. They got a nice win, but you would think with the talent and the level that they recruit versus Louisville, that should have been a forty-something, eight-ten type of game. But listen, man. Um, they, they got the win, that's all you can ask, and they're getting ready to take on a Miami team who's bad, you know, 500 team that they should win again this week. So they're doing what they have to do, but, again, not very impressed. And I don't think the committee's impressed because you got a two-loss Alabama for the second week in a row that's in front of them. And a two-loss LSU. It looks like though, they're going to make Uyangale uh, as much a runner as he is a passer now and, and, and play the passing game off of his running ability. Well, I think, you know, when you look at this offense, you know, they, they've had really good success by running those quarterback counters with their quarterbacks. I mean, and, and that helps out their passing game. Um, and, and, you know, but Anglele, yeah, to me, is not a great runner. He's big. He's a powerful runner, but he's not going to just beat you by running the football. Um, but I think that's important to, to what they want to do offensively, Phil, by those quarterback runs. But again, it's not clean. It's not a clean game by them at all. You can just see they're still on the edge to me watching them play. They're not comfortable. They still don't have explosive guys on the outside that threatens you down the field that much. Uh, you know, things that they did in the past. So this is a totally different uh, team. I was telling Patrick South even today doing our TV show, you know, they're not even close, in my opinion, to those two teams that won the national championship. I, I think they're, they're way off from that. And maybe that's some of that's not, you know, investing in the transfer portal. Uh, some of that is the, the, the quarterback play. A lot of it's quarterback play. And I will say this, a lot of it, in my opinion, is the offensive coordinator. Just like we talk about here in South Carolina, I don't think Brandon Streeter is a really good offensive co coordinator, and, and especially a play caller. That's just my opinion. Well, that's why we have you on for your opinions, and we appreciate them every time you're on with us. You have yourself a great night and a great weekend. We'll talk to you, and I'll get with you next week to uh, set our time since Thursday will be Thanksgiving. We're not on next Thursday. I'll get with you. Yeah, we'll I, set want, that I, up. I want some of that Will Merritt. I want some of that. You let Will Merritt know that I heard him 
say something about me about a few weeks ago, and I got a comeback for him. He just going. I might have a good turkey blessing for him. You just <laughs> let him know that. He's coming up in a couple of minutes. I'll pass on the word. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Corey. All right, guys. Y'all have a great night. Thank you. Thank you very much, Corey Miller, pastor of Payne, with us here on Sports Talk.